Welcome to the Paradigm Shift Podcast, where we are unraveling the roots of abortion through real-life stories and expert conversations. This is the Healing Network weekly Facebook Live show, and as the 14 or 15 weeks previous, we have another really awesome guest for you today. We have Jane Abate. She is the founder of Messy Miracles and the author of Where Do Broken Hearts Go? An After Abortion Healing Program Curriculum. So thank you, Jane, for being here. It's so good to finally get to meet you. Oh, it's a blessing to be here. And thank you for the invitation, Karen. You're welcome. You're welcome. So why don't you tell us just a little about yourself? You know, how... How did you, you know, yeah, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, sure. So uh, right now I'm uh, joining you from Richmond, Virginia. And I've been here about five years, but I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Lived there my whole life. Uh, had a professional career as a banker and then over 20 years as a professional leadership coach. And I moved down here to Richmond to retire with my husband, Bill and uh we love it here it's been a wonderful wonderful transition i've lived in pittsburgh twice i worked for westinghouse when i was in the nuclear field i lived in oh my uh, monroeville monroeville yes. borough area at one point and then in south hills well i was a north north hills kind of girl but i know exactly what you're talking about oh so we're we're neighbors we yeah. probably were at some point uh, man How i, I tell you that? it's so cool to um to meet people that have lived in places where we've also lived. So um, I know sure. that you have a personal testimony. I mean, I so why don't we just start there? Start with um, your personal testimony and, and sure. why you're even on this show today. Sure. So uh, my story begins with a, with a dream, a dream that I had as a little girl. And um, I was the youngest of four daughters uh of middle class parents i was raised in the catholic church and i had the dream that one day i was going to grow up and i was going to be a teacher and then i was going to marry uh, the love of my life and his name was tommy he didn't know i was alive by the way but anyway and i was going to have two daughters and their names were going to be linda and kathy and life was going to be so wonderful and um i grew up without you know much going on other than i was incredibly shy um, pretty smart did well in school but very shy uh, around boys never went to the prom never had a date until i went to uh, college and when i went to college i remember saying this is going to be different i am going to be different and so i forced myself to talk to boys and party and i did it very well <laughs> i partied a lot um had a good time and uh had a, a boyfriend that was a, a nice young man and uh, when i got out of college i was gonna i started working for a bank and i found out uh, shortly after that new job that i was pregnant and i had in those days looked at the yellow pages and uh, called uh what i believed to be was a planned parenthood uh place in downtown Pittsburgh. And I, when I found out I was pregnant, it was just that cold fear that came over me about, oh my gosh, what am I, what am I going to do? I can't, I can't tell anybody I'm pregnant. I'm a nice girl. I've got this great job. I don't want to, you know, I like this boy, but I didn't want to get married. And I, I just remember feeling the panic of what am I going to do? And, um, I was directed, uh, to, uh, 
an abortion decision, um, I, I don't remember considering anything else. I was just so afraid. And um, there's very, very little that I remember from that first abortion, Karen. Um, I have some vague memories of being in the clinic of during the procedure and how uh, physically painful it was and how scared I was. I think someone held my hand. Um, but I don't remember most of anything else. Um, and I don't even remember what happened afterward, except I know I must have picked up my life and went back to work and uh, continued to party and date and uh, started dating a young, another young man. And uh, at about age 25, I found out I was pregnant again. And um, it's hard for some people to understand how, how you could find yourself like in the same place twice, but there I was. Mm -hmm. And the same fear, the same panic came over me. And this time, don't know why, I talked to my gynecologist. And I think when I look back, I was trying for a different result. But um, I, again, ended up in a, this time in a hospital. I had an overnight stay and had an abortion. I think it might have been because it was a, uh, the baby was more developed, was older. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't remember any of that. Um, and, uh, again, continued on with my life, went back to work. Don't remember thinking about it and continued in my career. My career was rising. I was doing very, very well, um, promotion after promotion, financially doing well, dating, uh, but never really clicking with anyone. Um, finally I began dating someone who was married and I just fell head over heels for this man. Um, and once again, I found myself pregnant for the third time. And uh, when I went to him and said, I was pregnant, don't worry, I'll take care of it. Um, he agreed and I was scheduled for my third and had my third abortion. Um, he wasn't available that day to take me. So I, I went by myself and the only memory I have of that is the phone call when he said he couldn't take me. And then afterward, we were eating in a Chinese restaurant and we never talked about it. Yeah. Um, Let me stop just for a second, Jane. Yeah. First of all, our situations are very similar. You know, the panic, the not really thinking it through. I wasn't pro-choice, pro-life. I was pro-me, you know, and like yeah. Found yeah. On Wednesday, Great way to set the procedure on Friday, back in class on Monday, life went on yeah. or so I thought, right? But so you mentioned three abortions. I'm just wondering, what was that like for you? Was it, was the first one the hardest or, I mean, can you just tell us what, walking through three like that, how that was for you. Yeah. Um, so I, because I'm one of the women who, who have very little memory of my abortion experiences, um, and that's true. Some of us don't remember much. Some of us remember vividly. Uh, for me, I don't remember thinking about, oh, this is my second, oh, this is my third. I just knew that I was afraid and I had to do something. Yeah. The realization that there were three came much, much later. And that's when I was thinking, oh, I must be, I mean, how, how could I have done this? I must be this really horrible person for someone to do one, but for me to have three. And so the realization of that and the impact of it was much later. And I think it kept um, the pain and the fear like really burying, burying yeah. me. And that's exactly how it was for me too. It wasn't went through until I went through my healing program, the very first one, that I ever thought that any of it was tough for me. 
right? Yeah. It, it Thank you. Like it was difficult at all. You know, I mean, it was not painful. I don't remember being overly emotional about it and tells mm -hmm. little glimpses of what the truth was about the yeah. actual process rose to the surface when I went through healing. So, so how long after your abortions before you got connected with a healing program or what was your life like after that last abortion and, and how did it move right. forward into healing? Yeah. So interestingly, I didn't, I wasn't aware that I had problems, but the people around me, sure, <laughs> you know, I never told a soul. The only person who ever knew about any of the abortions was the father of the third uh, child, my parents, my sisters, no friend. So, um, the, but but the people that around me knew me as a hard driving boss who could just be really intense, who was demanded so much, everything had to be perfect. Mm -hmm. um, I eventually did get married a few years after my third abortion and, and my first husband, we are now divorced, he certainly experienced the anger, the sudden rages that I would have, the difficulty with intimacy and my really kind of my decision that, well, I just wouldn't be a good mother. So I don't know if we should have children. And this was after, you know, we thought we were and completely different than that dream for me as a little girl. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I lived my adult life. I think the other people paid the price or at least it seemed like they did, but my anxiety kept mounting and mounting. And so in my church, I was going to the Catholic church. I saw the uh, reviews or the ads for Rachel's Vineyard uh, retreat. Mm -hmm. And I saw those a couple times. I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, everybody knows this is me. This is why it's in there. And that that panic that they would know me. Um, but it took me a couple of times over a few years to finally have the courage to pick up the phone and call, talk to a counselor. And that was in 1999. So it was about, um, I would say 15 or more years since my last abortion that I went through a Rachel's Vineyard retreat. And that just, that changed everything for me. It, yeah. it, it just changed everything. Yeah, that's awesome. The best, thing, the best move that I could make and and one of the most difficult yeah. moves I could make. So if you're watching um, and you've had an abortion and you've never told anybody and you're really struggling and the fear of just reaching out for help is overwhelming you and keeping you from picking up that phone, please listen to, to Jane's and my testimony. It is so worth it. The, the emotional pain that you'll experience through healing is temporary, but the breakthrough and freedom that comes afterward is a lifetime. It will change mm -hmm. you forever. So please, if you're listening and you're struggling, pick up the phone and call or text our hope line it's on the screen for you right now so messy miracles and your book how did that all evolve so when you started to notice that you were struggling after abortion um and you yeah. found rachel's vineyard then what took place did you find out what else was out there what what prompted you to write a book yeah well so um fortunately i was able to become part of the Rachel's Vineyard team in Pittsburgh. And so I was able to be a team member on future retreats and that continued my healing, but it also um, softened my heart for those of us that are struggling with abortion, both men and women that I saw and experienced in the groups. And um, as, as my heart was softened, as my thirst for uh, knowing Jesus on a personal level uh, just grew, um, I was praying more and the best I can say is that the Holy Spirit started talking to me and moving 
And I kept hearing in my mind about um, these emotions and reminding or ca causing me to think about the different emotions that I'd experienced. Mm -hmm. By that time, I was a professional coach. I um, had quit my professional job. I had become divorced. It was all part of peeling away kind of the mess that I created um, in my life. And as I started to, through the grace of God, sort through and be become healed and um, it, like improve my life and the messes weren't driving me, I became aware that God was really working a miracle in me. And that's where messy miracles came from, that there's no mess too big, there's nothing too terrible, too sorted that, um, that our good Lord can't heal. And so uh, I can say it's the Holy Spirit dropped that in and That's I'm living so proof. Awesome. I'm like one of the messiest. <laughs> that is so awesome because I, my, the title of my presentation in the conference that we just had was God is bigger than your mess. You know, so we both have gone through experiences and created all kinds of mess in our life. Right. And it's through healing and and repentance and a relationship with God that he just restores it a hundredfold. So I absolutely love that. If you want to check out Jane, you, she can be found at messymiracles.com. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. So that is right. awesome. And I, and for those of you watching, if you've never heard of the book, let me just lay it out there for you. The book that Jane Abate wrote, it's called Where Do Broken Hearts Go? And you've heard me tell over and over again at the beginning of my journey that I just was out there researching what was offered around the country. And I came across her book and it's really original because of the way that it is laid out. It's laid out by emotion. So tell me, who were you writing wow. that book for, Jane? Because it's so different yeah. from every other curriculum that I've come across, which is very same topics, pretty much, pretty much mm -hmm. in the same order, just presented yeah. a little different. Yours is so original. Who did you write that for? Well, I wrote it for uh, women and men like me who didn't connect with abortion through the idea that it was a pregnancy or that it was even an abortion. I just knew that my life was a mess, hmm. that I had constant crippling anxiety. I, I was angry. I would cry for, for, for hours. Um, so sad and not know why. Um, and I just felt this in, in interior sense of shame. So I wrote it for those who, you know, you know, yes, there's something going on in my life. Well, maybe it's this abortion, but you just can't maybe connect to it that way, but you connect to to it through your emotions and through your experience. So the book goes through 19 different emotions mm -hmm. that women and men experience after abortion. Uh, it's not that they're written in any particular order, but I share a little bit about my experience and then just talk about why do we, um, why do we might, why might we feel numb or how does heartbreak come into this? Or sure, we talk about guilt and shame, but why did I feel so confused? Uh, what about my anxiety and my anger? But you know, Karen, it wasn't just about the difficult emotions that the Holy Spirit was prompting me to write about. As my healing continued, I began to experience real relief and freedom and believe it or not, joy. So the book isn't just about the, what I would call the difficult emotions. It's about the emotions, the whole gambit of it that you feel and where God wants you to be. And that's what my passion is. And that's what your passion is and why I love support after abortion is that we, we know we have hope, 
that it is possible to lead a beautiful life even after abortions. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's so true. Gosh, I have so many questions going through my head right now for you. Um, so let's back up. Well, first of all, um, let me talk to the people that are watching. So this book, it, it, from what I just heard Jane say, is for that person that comes to you that thinks that her abortion was the right decision and doesn't understand why she's sad afterwards, doesn't understand why it's hard for her to get out of bed afterwards, doesn't understand why she's regretting it afterwards, why she wishes she could go back and make a different decision. This is a great book to connect that woman with so she can start, you know, like, like weeding through those emotions yeah. to really get a better understanding of why she's feeling the way that she is. So, um, I think we have a link for the book. Um, if we can show that on the screen and leave that up for a little bit. This is a second edition and it includes, um, uh, uh, what does it have with it, Jane? This new revised book? Uh, well, it's a, it's a combination of um, the 19 emotions and then there's a study journal with it. And we run, well, we'll be running through support after abortion, um, small, small groups where you can work through it. And so there's a workbook and a journal that's included. Yeah. And since you mentioned that, I'll say it now. So we do have virtual groups um, on our website. You can find them at www.supportafterabortion.com. And Jane is going to facilitate her book for two virtual groups coming up in August and September. So if you want to go through a healing group with the author of the book, this is your opportunity. Yeah. Just go to our website and sign up for Jane's one begins in August, the end of August, and the other one mid-September. So you can find yep. that all on our website under the resources tab and virtual groups. So um, you had mentioned when we were talking, and both of us are at about a similar age, you know, women who are 40 yeah. plus years removed from their abortion. And how, mm -hmm. and, and for me, I, I've only went through my healing in, in 2017. You know, I mean, I lived a life of wreckage that um, resulted in addiction and alcoholism. So I went through a lot of recovery and I thought I was really good. But when I finally was, I had to go through a healing program if I was going to work in, in the healing industry, right? I thought I was good. And it wasn't until I went through healing that I realized how not okay I was. So can you speak to that a little bit? And I know that your healing was 20 years ago. Speak about that and that when people are that decades removed from their abortion experience versus people that are reaching out now days later. Yeah. So um, I, it doesn't matter how how long you wait to reach out for help. It matters that you do. And, and it will be the time that's right for you when you're ready to take it in. And often uh, we, we, we do our healing in pieces and over time. So it's not unusual for women to attend more than one uh, abortion healing program or maybe read a book and then go to a program. And so whatever is your path is the path that's right for you. So um, I don't want you to feel that there's just one way to heal. Yeah. Um, what I what I have, uh, Karen and I were talking about is I'm 65 years old. My healing uh, at Rachel's Vineyard was 20 years ago. And um, I look back now and the healing that I experienced early on at first was about the loss of my infant children, the three children, the only children that I would have. Mm -hmm. um, it was about the grief about that and, and my self image, the person who I thought I was, and I was I not that woman if I had three abortions. Um, 
and it was the um, opportunity to parent and be a mom and, and at that time to be married. So um, the, the grief experience, what I was grieving and how I was grieving was different 20 years ago. As the years have passed and now at 65, can't believe I'm saying that, at 65, um, I, I've noticed over the last five years, listening to my friends talk about their children, of course, but their grandchildren, um, about their daughters-in-law and sons-in-law, and I don't have that as part of my family. And so what I realized is, wow, there's, there's this whole phase of grief or these new layers of grief and loss that I never, um, that I never thought about 20 years ago. Um, so women, even when you feel that you have uh, resolved uh, your abortion from an earlier part of your life, you may find that it's really valuable to um, be part of a healing program even after 50 or after 60. So I'd encourage you to give that some real thought. Wow, Jane, I, I didn't know any of this about you. This is so great. I am just, we are so similar. You know, I, um, I never as a child ever thought about that white picket fence kind of dream. But after I had my abortion and, and, and my life kind of took a turn for the worst, I ended up marrying a man that I didn't really love, but I wanted to be a mom, right? And after years of trying, we found out we couldn't have children and I was devastated. You know, um, all hope wasn't lost. We had an opportunity to adopt and that fell through. And that's really oh. when I checked out, you know, the dream yeah. was shattered, right? And so um, I can remember at that moment, not being so upset about having the abortion, but being upset that I can't have children, right? Yeah. That I'm never yeah. gonna be a mom kind of thing, yeah. what you just related. So, you know, if you're out there and you, and you can relate, you're decades removed from your abortion and you don't feel like you're at a place like Jane, Jane is an open book here. She's able to share with you all of what she's went through. And that's because of the process of healing that she's been on this mm -hmm. journey for 20 years, you know, reach back out for help because there can be joy and sadness at the same moment, yeah. right? There, yes, can there, be, can. there can be contentment even though your dream isn't realized, dreams change, right? Yes, they do. Dreams change. Yes, they do. Thank you so For much. For sure. Yeah. So tell yeah. me what you do. You know, we've talked all about where you came from and stuff. Tell us what you do through Messy Miracles and, yeah. and the unique relationship that you have with um, Rachel's Vineyard. So um, I have the opportunity, I was a part of the Rachel's Vineyard retreat team in Pittsburgh for close to 20, I guess, 15, 20 years. And when I moved here to Richmond, I connected with the Richmond Rachel's Vineyard team. They're awesome. And they run two retreats a year. Um, and they said they were really looking for what we call aftercare. What happens after I've attended the retreat? It's a very intense weekend. And now, wow, I feel like I'm being dropped off a cliff. So uh, I'm grateful that they invited me to be part of their team and to run um, my book as a, a six or seven week aftercare program. So we meet, uh, I meet virtually uh, once a week with Rachel's Vineyard teams and the participants from the most recent retreat. And um, it's a nice uh, kind of uh, transition time from the intensity of the retreat itself to now I can explore a little bit more deeply some of the emotions that are most current for me. Um, and it keeps the connection with the team um, and with the retreatants that we're 
um, with you on the retreat. Uh, it keeps it going for some period of time. And um, that's been very successful. It's been a blessing to me uh, to be able to uh, lead those retreats and uh, or to lead those uh, small groups uh, to continue the healing, continue the connection, and to uh, continue to support development of our faith as time goes that's on. That's a great, that's a brilliant idea. Because what do we do when we end a group? You know, we don't want to just let them go back into their emotions or back into life, right? We need some kind of continuity, some kind of handoff mm -hmm. to community. That's a great idea. I'd love, we've never done this before, but I said, you've got an author here, people that are watching. So I'd love to open it up. If you guys are watching on Facebook, um, you can ask a question to Jane. Maybe you want to know a little bit more about her book or, or what her healing like journey that. was like, or, you know, you want to ask questions about having three abortions or anything like that. If you want to ask a question, we have somebody that can bring them to our attention and, and we can ask them. So think about that. For those of you who are watching, we'd love to hear from you. Um, so we talked, we talked a little bit before you were talking to me about words matter, you know, and so yeah. one of the questions that we get so often from people is what do we say to somebody? How do we start the conversation when somebody discloses to us that they've had an abortion? What would your recommendation be? Well, I, I think we, uh, we definitely meet them where they are. And uh, there's a difference when it's like very fresh versus it might have been something that was a few years ago or that's been buried for many, many years. So we always want to meet the the woman where where she is and and listen carefully to what she's talking about. And I, I suggest really listening for the emotional experience and asking questions about, you know, what's be, what's been some of the impacts that you might have, you know, that you might have noticed. Um, I think that um, What's been a blessing for me in working with with the women that I that I've been able to is um, especially when it's been multiple abortions is to really pay attention to uh, when you hear the abortions is um, to really check your reaction. I think you talked, Karen, about a, a reaction you heard <laughs> uh, recently that was um, a difficult one. Yeah, I, I was sharing, um, I was um, sharing to a group of people, um, you know, this uh, answering this very question that I just posed to you. And I was sharing the testimony of a girl who disclosed to somebody that she had 10 abortions. And when I said that to the room, of a, it was a pro-life room, the reaction was like, <gasps> right? Like, we are surprised wow. by that. We're surprised by that. Yeah. And that, that could, that, if, if that's the way we react, that kills the whole conversation right then and there. Oh, it, it's, it's, first of all, it's, it's so horrifying to yourself to think about that uh, you could, you could do this and, and, and that the trauma of experiencing it three, four, seven, eight, ten, or more times is, um, it, it's very traumatic. So listen, when you hear, or, and, and for those in working in this area to think about using the word abortions versus abortion. So we help with a woman who's had an abortion. We work with women who've had abortions mm. um, because it, it gives us an opening that, oh, you mean maybe there's, I'm not the only one because that's a big hurdle to overcome. We think we're the only one. So being careful about the words and then listening to what uh, what the woman has to say. And, and what I have often replied is, oh, that must, that must have been difficult for you. And I just want you to know that... Um, it doesn't matter to me 
how many That's abortions so you've had. And um, so something along those lines, because it's it's not about the number of it. It, it is about the healing that's possible and that we hold out for uh, for women. So um, I I'd just uh, encourage you to even if you're running small groups is uh, especially in the introductory part, you might even say something like, um, you know, it's not uncommon. In fact, a to 50% of women who have one abortion have more than one. So um, we don't make any judgments about that here. And uh, there's healing possible no matter how many abortions you've had. And so by leading with that can really make a difference and pave the way for that um, person to come forward at the time that they're ready. That, that's really good. And I like that, you know, say, um, had abortions. I like making it plural from the beginning, not implying that they've had more than one, but that it's that more than one is, is definitely um, probable. So we do have a question, Jane. Um, we have mm -hmm. the question, can you share more about your book? Okay. So um, I mentioned that it covers 19 different uh, emotions that I experienced, and I think many women do. They're fairly short chapters. So I'll begin with a little bit of my story. So my personal story unfolds through all 19 chapters. So you'll hear about that dream that I had and, and what happened as my career progressed and my, my marriage and then my eventual divorce. Uh, you won't hear about that I'm remarried because I wrote the book before that, but that's a joy to share. Um, so you'll hear about uh, the steps that I took for healing, the difficulties that I had to face, um, you know, my, my career fell apart. I became divorced. Um, I had to find a new career. I mean, there was a lot attached to that um, abortion. So I share that each chapter has um, what I might call reflection exercises. So something that if this emotion particularly hits you, you can look at uh, and go deeper. And then there's a, a Bible verse and a prayer. So um, you can pick through the book and find the emotions that um, seem to resonate the most with you and go deeper there. You don't have to read it in any order. Um, and the idea of it is for you to realize that there's nothing wrong with you uh, when you're feeling these intense emotions. You know, Karen, God, God blessed us with emotions as signals of something else going on. And on these difficult emotions, thankfully, there's signals that it's not okay it's not all right with us. Something is going on. So um, I hope that in reading the book, uh, whether you're reading about a regret or confusion or shame or guilt, um, that you'll understand that I'm not alone and that there's nothing wrong with this emotion, but it's a signal to something deeper. And, and, and hopefully I take you to a safe place to look with that. Yeah. You guys, this, if you guys are watching, I mean, I know that you are watching. This is so good. I mean, this is a video that you want to share on your Facebook page, on your YouTube page and, you know, tag all your friends. This is such a compelling and, and passionate and um, thoughtful conversation that we're having right now that if there's somebody, I mean, one in four women by the age of 45 will have an abortion. You, whether you know it or not, somebody you know yeah. has been touched by abortion, has been impacted by abortion. Share this Facebook Live because Jane has just shown you the face of compassion for hurting people in her words, in her facial expressions. This is this is very inviting for somebody who's hurting to watch. So mm -hmm. I just encourage you to share it. Um, we do have um, a confirmation. Um, somebody said it's very interesting that one letter 
that S on the end of the word abortion can change the whole conversation. I just wanted to give you that mm -hmm. feedback. Um, yeah, and we, we have another question. Do you work through the book in the group or do you assign homework and review in the group? Uh, so I assign, it's usually like three to five of the chapters. Now that might only be 15 pages of the book to read. So if they're clusters of emotions, and so I encourage the participants in the small group to read the chapters or at least focus on the chapters that most connect that they most connect with. And then when we come together, we discuss um, a little bit about each of those uh, uh, each of those chapters assigned for that day. Usually um, we kind of focus on one or two. Uh, and women are free to share or not. Sometimes uh, the best it, people can participate better for themselves if they're more, if they listen more at the beginning till they feel safe, because of course it's all confidential. Um, but then we work through the questions. We ask about how that emotion, say, of uh, anger affected them early on, how they saw anger develop through their life, and even now how anger might be present and, and yeah. uh, kind of guiding their life yeah that's really um, good did i answer that fully i hope uh, i think so yeah that you do assign homework so some there's different techniques you know in some virtual groups or in some groups we go through the chapter together on that particular week and other times we assign homework ahead of time and then just really dig into the questions and the reflection pieces so i think you answered that well um, here's a question. Um, I'm going to ask it and then I want to qualify. It says, does healing look different for those who have experienced multiple abortions? I am particularly thinking about the celebration of life ceremony and the naming of your child. Mm -hmm. Now I know your book, Jane, does not have a celebration of life chapter in it, but you have gone through Rachel's Vineyard where there is that kind of naming ceremony. So can you address that from that perspective? Um, you're talking about my my, my book or the healing it just doesn't look different if you're a multiple yes yeah. especially with separating them out and being able to heal from them oh. individually or collectively yeah. or how does that look yeah yeah so um i in my rachel's vineyard uh, you may be familiar that you receive a bereavement doll and i took three bereavement dolls um it was all uh, a little overwhelming and um i probably you know, when I look back, I was grieving the the totality of them. As time has gone on, um, I believe that the Holy Spirit has revealed to me more individually about my children, uh, Anne, James, and Jane, as I have named them. And um, so does the healing look different? Um, I think the core of healing is the same. It's, it's the what led up to the abortion, the loss itself, um, how it has impacted you and your relationships, um, a, a connection with your child. Um, I think with multiple abortions, it adds um, a layer of um, guilt and shame because, uh, geez, why didn't I learn from the first one or the second or beyond? So um, I think uh, that layers over it. And I think it, as I was in my case, I think it kept me hidden um, or like in the closet longer because it just was too horrifying to admit that there were three abortions. Yeah. Um, um, so if I, if I can summarize what I think I heard you just say is that um, initially healing just from abortion itself 
was kind of, and, and this is what my experience has been like and what others have told me that have had multiple abortions. It's like you first come to terms with just the fact that you had an abortion, whether it was one yeah, or that's three, well right? said. And yeah. so you're going through that healing, just coming to terms with that fact. And then as you continue in healing, and as you so brilliantly said, Jane, it's not a one and done. Healing is a lifetime commitment, mm -hmm. right? Whether yeah. it's healing from abortion or just personal growth and emotional development, right? We yeah. all have the, the onions never peeled back until we're at mm -hmm. home with Jesus, right? That's right. So, That's right. Uh, so, and then it sounded to me like, as you continued on that journey, you were able to individualize those experiences and really pay more attention to each one individually, if that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, it is. And you put it better than I did. And and the piece that I want to add is, in my case, the father of each child was different. And so there was a different set of circumstances, and I was at a different stage of life. So as I, as the years have passed and I have looked more closely at each one of those relationships and where I was at that point in my life, there were additional circumstances to come to grips with and um, the responsibilities um, yeah. looked, you know, looked differently. So in that sense, it was also um, different because those abortions occurred over about a 10 year period. Yeah. And you were life. in different stages in your life, right? It was places in your life. So that that definitely does contribute to it as well. We could go yeah. on forever, but oh. I just want you to leave the audience with and we might have to bring you back because the feedback oh, we're right. getting is that this oh. is the best best show so far. I'm blown oh. away. Oh. I'm most beautiful, beneficial. Um of oh, the so lives that they've watched. So be encouraged by that, please do. Um so if if you so there's a lot of different people that could be watching. There's probably pregnancy centers, yes. and volunteers, people that work in the industry, other authors, um, mm -hmm. people who um, um, do healing, you know, facilitate healing groups. And there could be people out there watching that have had an abortion and, and haven't had the opportunity to go through healing left. So in, in these yeah. moments, what would you like to say to the people that are watching today? Yeah, so the subtitle to my book is Healing and Hope After Abortion. And, you know, when we when we become involved in abortion, it changes you. It changes your life. And it skews what you believe life can be and what it can offer and what you can have in life. And what I want you to know, and those of us that have been through healing, is that there is so much more to life after healing that you can experience joy and peace and love you can be loving give and receive love um there is just so much more possible for you and and you may not recognize what it is but it's available and for those of you that are working in the um, abortion healing ministries i thank you for that and 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 hold out that hope that it's not just about the difficulty and the grief of going through but and that's tough, as you said, Karen, but it's worth it because there's something else on the other side. I will always wonder what my life would have been like if I had three children. I, I just, it's a, it's a regret that I have. And I still have just a wonderful life. God doesn't punish me um, with, a, you know, with a difficult life. So there's hope after healing. And uh, I'm so excited that um, you're listening and that you're going to take this step or that you're going to help others take this step. Yeah. So let me remind you that Jane presented at our virtual conference that ended the beginning of August. It's still time to get a premium pass. You have 
I don't know, 70 days still to watch all of the content. So um, please go to the, the website that's being shown on the screen right now and, and get that premium pass for yourself. Um, yeah. And so this has been great, Jane. Um, yeah. I'm so excited that you've heard people, so people are still sharing. Make sure you share, look at our <laughs> website, look Please at the do. virtual groups that we have. Make sure you register for one of the groups that Jane's going to be doing. She, if you want to learn more about her book, join as a participant for her group. Yeah. And you'll find out what's so great about then maybe you can take it back to your ministry or your pregnancy center and facilitate it for that girl who's not in touch with her emotions right we're talking about options here people so we can elevate our options so thank you so much for joining us next week i'm very excited to have perry underwood um he was also a conference speaker he is the founder of avanon and he comes with a perspective unlike a woman can come with. So join me next week, every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Next week, it's with at Perry Underwood on Abaddon. Thank you so much for watching. Don't forget to share and tag. Thank you, guys. See you next week. Thank you for joining us today. If you or someone you know has been impacted by abortion, you are not alone. Contact us today at supportafterabortion.com. If you are inspired by today's message, we welcome you to join the conversation by following us on Facebook or Instagram.